Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. Today we have Lacey Madison, who is getting ready to have her baby boy pretty soon. So we're going to just tap into her wealth of information with what she does and how she's preparing for baby to come. So welcome. And if you can tell our audience a little bit about what you do. (laughs) Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. If you guys don't know, I had this beautiful woman over on my podcast. And so it's so lovely being able to be back and in your community. Um, But essentially, I am a business and marketing consultant. And I have over seven years of experience up my sleeve, which is so insane, considering I'm so young. Um, And a lot of my business in this last year, I have been pregnant with a little (laughs) baby boy. And it is so exciting. But it definitely is a major shift. And it's been something that I have really been trying to navigate especially being a person that was on the hustle on the grind all of the time and just like you it was very much so business first and I never even imagined myself being a mom especially at this age Um, and I will say that because (laughs) I was always the fun auntie that's what I was everyone was like oh you're gonna be the the fun auntie with the nice house that's not baby proof and I'm like okay I'm now the first one in my group (laughs) having a child and it's it's been so insane to navigate but it's really really exciting and I think one of the biggest lessons I had to learn this year was okay I need to really set up my business because I don't know what's going to happen once this baby pops out Um, and so there are some contingency plans that my team and I really focusing on that I would really love to share with you because I know you have, you know, you're training up fertility coaches and other people that are starting up businesses and I think that this information could be really helpful. Yeah, that would be awesome. First of all, tell our audience how old you are since you mentioned that. Yes, I'm 21. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Amazing. I've been in this space since as long as I could walk. (laughs) I guess so. And also tell everybody how, how you started out doing what you're doing. Okay. So I actually started out in the influencer space. So very much so PR marketing, social media, sorry, not social media management, influencer management, all of those sorts of things. And I did that for a while until I started coaching and consulting other influencers, building up personal brands. That's really where I got to learn and hone in and craft my skills was building seven figure brands. Um, And then from there, my partner and I, we actually started up an influencer management agency. And that went from like zero to six figures within three months. And it absolutely blew up. And it was a major learning curve in business. It was a major learning curve in tax. um, But it really was sort of what set up the trajectory for everything else that we did. And then that's when we started brand design and all of the other marketing agency, just fun stuff. And so that really was how I got started. And so that's when I started consulting. And I actually, I was never going to get into business consulting. I've always loved being an educator. And even then you can tell throughout my time, I love to educate. I love to help other people build businesses. That was always where I thrived, but I didn't consider myself a consultant until 
I hired my first business coach and she was like, you are teaching these women too much. You are doing too much. We need to flip that title. We need to flip your prices. We need to do everything. And then the rest was history. And so I started consulting by helping people build personal brands, really tapping into that marketing and that authority piece. And now it's just what it is today, which is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that again, for those that are listening that may potentially want to go into consulting or coaching or something like that. I think that's a really good reminder of kind of building those boundaries around your business to make sure that you are getting what you're worth, right. Instead of everything at once, essentially. And then also real quick, how did you, are you, were you guys trying to conceive and how did that go? And then how was it when you found out you were pregnant? Was it a surprise? Like, let's hear that story. This is such a good question. It's a juicy <laughs> question. I wasn't expecting you to ask. I know. Surprise. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So no, we weren't exactly. Okay. This is a double-ended question mm-hmm. because we weren't exactly trying, but we knew what we were doing. Okay, yeah. because I was tracking. And so I knew okay. I was ovulating and we both <laughs> just said to each other, fuck it. Sorry, yeah. but like you can be yeah. it out. And so we didn't actually think anything was going to happen of it, but we were already having conversations about, okay, next year, let's start trying to have a baby. I really just, I don't know. It was like the script really flipped for me. And so it was that little bit before I actually found out I was pregnant that I did really just want to become pregnant but I really did want to become a mom and that realization was just back and forth for a little while just and and that's so different to a lot of your community because a lot of your community they've been wanting to be parents for so long and I think that just grappling at that fact for the longest time considering that when the minute I became pregnant I was opened up to this massive pool of women that couldn't get pregnant and then I felt guilty I was like what have we done Mm -hmm. I was like (laughs) all of these other women are trying to get pregnant they've been trying for decades and you know what I mean and so it was just it was very difficult to navigate emotionally in a way that I didn't expect because I didn't expect that I would care so much about and you don't realize right you don't really realize that other people are that it's a thing that people struggle yeah. with it. At least I didn't until I was going through it. And then I was like, oh, okay. Cause I'd always known my mom got pregnant really easy. Everybody else around me got pregnant really easy. So I didn't yeah. realize it until you start talking to other people, which I think is amazing to have these conversations, right? So yeah. you have awareness and that's what we talked about before. But I 100%. think just knowing that it does happen for people on their first try and whatever is amazing. And it doesn't, there's no guilt around it at all. It's the same thing with, you know, somebody gets a new car. You can feel guilty that your friend didn't get a new car or whatever it may be. Like there's mm-hmm. always something in our life that can make us feel like, oh, a little bit bad for the next person. But I think surrounding your people, surrounding yourself with people that lift you up and are joyful for you, regardless of what's happening in their own life. And they know, like, I can get help from a coach or somebody to help me navigate through these triggers, whatever it may be, whether that's through business or fertility or whatever, I think is really cool. So I just want to acknowledge you for that and give you the permission to, to not feel bad or guilty when, when you do have to share your story with somebody who may be struggling, because 
it's such a beautiful thing that you were able to, and that's our biggest wish for everybody. Right. So I, I think it's really amazing. And, and you should be proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Bless your soul. And that it really does just to hear that from, you know, even yourself through the entire experience is so warming. It really, really is. Um, but no, it was, it was very crazy when we found out. <laughs> I didn't know that the um, plant, the plan B pill uh-huh. doesn't work when you're ovulating. I didn't know that either. Yeah. The do- not the doctor, the chemist didn't tell us. <laughs> oh, it was okay. like, yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. But we were so excited when I found out and I was like, that's my miracle, baby. That's my, we did that. (laughs) And then from there, it just, he was so scared. Madison was (laughs) terrified. He looked at me, he was like, what, what are we doing? How, how am I going to run my business? What's going to happen? I'm like, we're fine. People do it every day. Yeah. Like there are people running much larger businesses than we have and they are doing fine. We will be okay. So from there, it's just snowballed, but the immediate reaction and the immediate effect didn't take on until I actually was settling into that first trimester. Not that I was sick or anything. It was more that the actual trauma of fear of miscarriage. It mm. was every single day I could not think of anything. Really? Other than, yeah. Every Why do you think day. that was? Since I, you haven't had one. Usually that only happens with people who have had one or they know somebody. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. No, I will. Well, first of all, my grandmother, she had five miscarriages. Okay. Yeah. So she had my father and then could not have a baby after that. Mm. And I know actually my mom's on the opposite end of that spectrum. She was just pushing babies out left, right and center. Um, But I just, I think because like I said, when I saw those two lines and I was so excited and I, I literally looked at those two lines, that's my world in there. And because mm-hmm. of that, I was so afraid to mm-hmm. lose that. And because that. of that, I was like, I can't, I can't think of anything other than this. And I'm an avid researcher and I know I shouldn't have done a lot of the things that I did, but I did a lot of research. And so through that, I obviously fell down many rabbit holes that terrified me mm-hmm. and I can, I can own up to that. And so it was like, I could never go to the bathroom without checking. And if something mm-hmm. was just, it was very, very scary oh, and I'm a sorry. very scary period, but it was still beautiful. And I'm happy yeah. that we've moved out of that. The last two trimesters have been a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. There is something to be said when you feel like you've crossed whatever threshold and it's different for everybody of like, okay, I can breathe now. Everything's, you know, we're, we're in a safe zone or whatever, but I'm surprised. But having you said about your grandmother, I'm a big believer of, we kind of take on, um, genetically, like from a, a spiritual aspect, some of that energy from our ancestors. Right. And so sometimes people who are having a hard time conceiving, I will often say, is there a limiting belief around this that you may think something that you're not even aware of that you think? So, you know, maybe for you, you weren't aware of it until it came to you for your own experience, right. Of like, oh my gosh, this is a real thing. My grandmother went through this five times. The reality of this is close to home essentially. Right. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it doesn't help that that woman, she's so she's something else. Like, you know, just old people, they really don't filter what they say. Yes. And so it's like, be careful. You don't have a miscarriage. And it's just mm-hmm. every time I saw her and I was like, 
I love you so much, but I cannot hear this right now. I can't, but she's old. What can you do? I know, I know. <laughs> but that's the thing. They, they tend to project their own stuff onto us without being aware of what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, God bless yes. them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back to how you're planning for baby's mm-hmm. arrival and from a work perspective, because I know I have a lot of clients that are often like, you know, I'm an executive here or I'm climbing the corporate ladder, or I just started my business and now I'm pregnant, you know, am I going to still be able to maintain where my status and, or continue to grow my business? How did mm-hmm. you and your partner kind of get your head around a strategy to feel like, yeah, everything's kind of in place and we're going to be fine and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually two things I want to tap into there. Yeah. One, the mentality of just like, I get it. I was questioned a lot when people were like, oh, do you think that being pregnant prohibits your belief to show up as well as you do when you're not? Mm -hmm. And for a long time this year, I grappled with that idea and I was like, is my baby brain making me a shitty coach? Is my baby brain making me less capable? And then I had to flip that script around and say, no, I'm so capable. And I'm, I'm doing all of the things I'm still helping women build six and seven figure businesses. And it's just like, you just need to speak to yourself every day, be so true to yourself, but also be easy on yourself to say, hey, I'm going to have pregnancy brain sometimes. I'm going to have some fog. I'm going to lose my words. Like even on this podcast, there have been times I've gone to say something and I've lost everything and it happens, but you will be surprised how accepting people are of that experience you will be surprised Mm how there's people having babies all around you you know what I mean they understand they've been through it they've done it um and so just mindset wise know that you're okay no one is thinking otherwise and if they do they need to go they do not they do not belong in your they're not my people yeah no 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 and we're only here for having our people um but the second thing was Madison and I have always, before even finding out that we were pregnant, we always prioritized spaces of rest. And for us, quarter four was always a space of rest. Mm. And so just because we love the holidays, we love to immerse ourselves in that. And so we knew building a business that supported our life, not building a life that supported business. Mm -hmm. And so we really focused on setting up all of our launches 12 months ahead in advance. And Mm. look, it changes. And, And I've been having this discussion a lot with people where they're like, okay, but what if things change inside of your business within that 12 months? And it's like, they always are. But that's why when you have the plan, you can build the foundations, you can pivot around and you can more strategically tackle your plans for whatever's going on. And so 12 months ahead in advance, I knew all of the launches I had coming out. I knew how much revenue I was going to be bringing in. And I had those open discussions when we were signing on new clients to be like, hey, I have to block out this period of my life, but that doesn't mean I can't show up for you. That doesn't mean I can't support you in the way that you need it. It's just going to look a little bit different. And so being able to map out, okay, what does my life look like over the next 12 years in life and 12 years, 12 months in life and in business. And then having those open discussions with clients is really, really important when you are looking to set up a system that actually works. That's the first thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so to that point of setting up for a year prior, do you feel, I mean, as you said, of course, it's going to shift regardless of baby coming or not baby coming, Mm -hmm. but do you feel like people 
that's hard for them to get their head around. Like even for me, I feel like, oh my gosh, how do I plan 12 months from now? (laughs) I mean, I have like my goals, but goals Mm -hmm. and planning are very different, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's, and I'm actually glad that you asked that because I think it's definitely different from business to business and person to person. I think that even quarterly planning definitely helps. Um, Less than quarterly planning, I don't know how y'all do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would go crazy. Um, But quarterly planning is also another great thing. And I mean, if you are pretty much secure in what you're doing for half the year, then that second half of the year or that second phase of pregnancy where you're really just trying to get a grip of what's going on, just communicate. And I really think that that is the major, major part here is yes, there are so many other things strategically that we can set up. There are so many other things that we can quite literally plan out way before in advance to make sure that when the time does come, everything's ready to go. But at the end of the day, if you're not feeling up to those things at the time and it gets to the time where you're like, okay, I need to start figuring my stuff out, then you just have to communicate. You have to communicate with your team. You have to communicate with your partner and your clients what you need and how you can show up and support them. And I really think that that is the key to, key to it all. It really is that simple sometimes. Um, but yeah, sometimes we just yeah. overthink things, right? Yeah. We, we overcomplicate and overthink things too much. Yeah, a hundred percent. But if you are a planner, look, (laughs) planning in advance definitely does make it a lot easier. And I mean, especially, well, it's a little bit different in corporate. I would say that because you guys are navigating someone else's business, someone else's schedules, it Mm -hmm. very much so looks very different. But when we're looking at it from a lens of, you know, startup businesses or even just small businesses working from home, you're better able to build out the trajectory for what are you launching this year? How many clients are you bringing on? How many clients do you have the space to hold for? Um, All of those sorts of things. Yeah. And let's talk real quick about you and your partner working together. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, you know, since COVID has happened, they're working from home, they're with their partners, and maybe they're like bouncing ideas off each other and, and, or realizing we either work really well together or maybe not so well together in the same space. But how long have you guys been together? How long have you been working together? How has that been for you guys from a relationship standpoint? It's been okay. I will say first and foremost, I got very lucky and a lot of people are not as lucky, um, but he is just an absolute superstar and we are like one in the same brain. Um, And so I always say to this day, you know, I've invested in business coaches, I've invested in mentors, all of this sort of stuff. But when Madison and I put our heads together, it's like magic. Um, But we have known each other for over, wait, 2017. How long ago was that? Five years, four and a half years years ago. Yes. And then we officially started dating over two years ago. Yeah. And we pretty much got engaged straight away, moved in together. We knew straight away. Um, And yeah, no, it was, it was really a very strange experience. And I don't think my father was ready (laughs) for what was to come, but when you know, you know, and it was not only a when you know, you know, in just my life, it was in every like full body aspect um, and even in business. And so it's so funny because we always say all of these couples, they come home and they're not working anymore. And so they have to get to know each other again. They have to get to know each other outside of their own routines. And it was like, Madison and I, (laughs) we're chilling, we're good. Um, And it really is. I don't think I could 
get through this pregnancy in the way that I did without his level of support. Um, and I'm especially on the business front because he kept my head leveled out. He kept saying, you can hold space for these people. It is okay. You've got this. He was my cheerleader the whole time. Um, and I think that if your partner isn't currently doing that, have a conversation and just say, hey, I would really appreciate if you could if you could support me in X, Y, and Z ways. Having that conversation is the only way that it's going to happen. And that's how Madison and I have gotten to the point that we are in business and in life is having the conversations, having the tough conversations, being like, I need you here. And then we start to implement. And that's, that's really all you can ask for, right? Is that you guys just both grow together and work together. Um, but no, I'm very lucky. So I don't have any horror stories. <laughs> and are there certain like keys to success with working with your partner as far as like you have morning touch bases just on business or one mm. person manages one aspect, the other, like you don't, you stay in your lane. Like what's your key to success with working with him? This is a very good question. Um, and I will say that it was not the easiest at the start of it all. It's a lot easier now. At the start of it, Madison and I both handle different aspects of the business. And now, so the business that we actually started up together, that's self-sufficient. So we don't even really come in. We just come in for project management. How's everything going? Cool, great, out. So now he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. But at the start, he was handling a lot of the operations and I was handling a lot of the marketing, a lot of the client experience, pretty much everything. Um, and because of that, my workload was insane. And mm -hmm. I projected a lot of that onto Madison at the start. I would always be like, why are you on your phone? It's five o'clock. We're supposed to be clocked off right now. And instead of it being this space of ease and rest after work where we can be together, I was resenting him. I was like, why... Why, why are you working right now? We've been working all day. Come here and love me, yeah? And it, it was not healthy. It was not healthy at all. And so over time, now I would say is just, and this is something you'll learn just yourself and navigate yourself in your own relationship. But now it's very much so we understand each other's cycles. We understand each other's business cycles. We're very open and we communicate a lot about, okay, this is what's going on. This is what my agenda looks like. We can expect to sort of shut off at this time, just because, you know, setting up an actual schedule to be like, we shut off at five, that's it. It wasn't working for us specifically. I know it works mm -hmm. for a lot of couples, um, but it just was, wasn't working for us. And so it's much more now about this is the agenda, communicating the agenda. This is when you can expect me. This is, we do have certain days where we're like, we are not working today. So weekends are a no work zone. It's where we really just immerse ourselves in the couple's experience. Otherwise it turns from a couple to a business relationship very, very quickly. Um, and you don't want that. They're the love of your life. And so you really do want to just keep loving them and, and keep putting them first, keep prioritizing them. And so that's, that's really what we had to do was we had to keep talking. We had to keep figuring out our schedules, working out each other's cycles. And now we've gotten into a rhythm of it, which is great. We're, and now you're going to bring into bring in the new little guy to oh change up that rhythm again. <laughs> it's but always least, when you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You guys have that good foundation of communication, which is just going to be key to, to parenting together as well, as far as yeah. No, because it, it's, I mean, not to say it that way, but it is kind of like running a business again. Like 
who's yeah. going to be taking care of this portion of the baby stuff? Who's going to be changing and cleaning stuff? And, you mm-hmm. know, like being able to communicate that out and also know what your sacred time is together and, um, and, or family time too. Right. Cause at yeah. some point it becomes so easy. And I know we spoke about this earlier to make everything about the baby at some point that you really need to carve out that time for your partner to make them feel special. And for you to get a break too, to be like, I'm not just only mama now, you know, I'm still, I'm still this person that we have an amazing relationship together. So a hundred percent. Thank you for that advice. I think that's great advice for people that may be considering going into business with their partner, because I think that question really comes up a lot right now because people are really seeing how can I reinvent myself now that I don't have to go back to the office? Like I can do a side hustle or I can, you know, make some extra income doing something else. And who can be around like that your partner kind of is your perfect partner in crime, so to speak, if you feel like you can work together well. And I think setting some mm-hmm. of those boundaries and following people that you know, have successful businesses with their partner is really key because, you know, what better way than to learn from somebody else who's in it and doing it well already. Right. Mm -hmm, Always. And that was something that we even to create the model for what we sort of wanted, hoped parenthood would look like was looking at other couples that were running businesses, looking at other couples that did find time, space and freedom to go on holidays and do things with each other and get nannies in because that wasn't in our immediate circle. That wasn't practiced by our families. And and we spoke about this before. My family really shunned just getting help. Um, And so we knew we needed to look outward for that. And that was really what set up hope And I think that that's really all you get hopeful coming into motherhood and this next phase of parenthood in general is that you can have all of the plans. And as long as you have some sort of plan, then you can just let it ride on through, let it do its thing, go on its journey. But no, a hundred percent. I definitely agree. And what's been your favorite part about pregnancy so far? Oh, that is such a hard question. My favorite part. You, no one ever asks you that. I know. Because people always ask, how's the baby? Or like, oh, it's so shocking, isn't it? You're just getting fat. <laughs> it's like, yes, I am. You look amazing. Um, it's, oh my goodness, stop. Thank you. I'm eye bags and everything. No, but I think my favorite part. Okay. Do you want me to be completely honest? Of course. <laughs> okay. Is I'm no longer as selfish as I was. And that's, that's really, I think my favorite part was it absolutely opened up a new perspective of thinking, a new way of thinking. I was a very selfish person. And even in a relationship, I can say that I had very selfish tendencies. My whole life was around like, how does this affect me? And now it really is, no, this is a family. And it's not even just selflessness in the sense of Carter. It was an immediate selflessness for everything around me, my clients, the way I approach business, the way I approach, approach family, my, my partner. And so those things were really, really important. And I think that that, that personal growth really is something that can't be matched anywhere else. Hmm. That's so beautiful. And I think, you know, at your age too, most people that doesn't hit them till much later, whether they have baby or not. So the fact that this baby has kind of sparked that in you. And of course, obviously you have life experience that most people your age don't have, but even still, 
That's not the answer I expected. And yet so <laughs> amazingly beautiful. And so I will also ask you what, what has been the worst part about pregnancy so far? Oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know what discussions I can have. Well, I haven't, I have an eating disorder. Okay. Yeah. And so with that, I think that definitely the hardest thing was trying to suppress my immediate urges to relapse. That was like the first thing because I did relapse before I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just trying to navigate all of that again. Um, Can you tell us what what eating disorder you have? Are you, is that okay to ask? Yeah, I had anorexia. Okay. Yeah. And so it was just one of those, and I have body dysmorphia, you know, if if anyone has dealt with EDs, you know, that they're all very intertwined. And so it's been like, even the other day I was in the car and I, thought that my legs had swollen up seven sizes and I thought I had preeclampsia and Mm. then I was like the next morning I was like it was fine and it was really one of those things that it's such a trick on the brain and people really don't understand and I'm very open on my channel about besides motherhood trying to navigate mental health and business because Mm. that in itself already people look at you and they're like why should I trust you to help me? You're Mm -hmm. going on, there's so much going on in your head right now, but it's like those things don't make you less capable. If anything, you have to get better at segmenting different parts of your brain to Mm -hmm. really be able to tackle in and focus on something. I think on a serious level, that is something that I definitely have been grappling with over this pregnancy. On more of a fun level, though, mm-hmm. trimester three, <laughs> everyone said it was going to be the best. <gasps> you know what I didn't tell you? What did you not okay. tell me? Okay. So you know how everyone speaks about this drop or this lightning experience when the baby drops down? Yeah. Mm, I didn't get that. So I was here thinking that I was waiting for the drop. I was like, no, baby, wait, the breathlessness will go away. Mm-hmm. All of the, what do you call the, um, the indigestion reflux, will go yeah. away. Yes. The reflux, it'll go away when he drops down. Anyway, I found out he dropped a little while ago and that I'm not experiencing any lightning experiences. And this is just the rest of pregnancy, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm embracing it because I know I'm going to miss him in my belly when he comes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say it is like amazing. The fact that as soon as he comes out, the reflux goes away. Everything is, it's so crazy how one moment you can have it. And then the next minute it's done. It's gone. That's what everyone says. And that's what I can't, I genuinely can't even grasp that idea Mm -hmm. because everything else in your body and in your life takes time to heal and fix up and all of those sorts of things. And then this, they're like, no, you're fine. And I'm like, I know. I can't imagine that one thing. Granted, there's other things that take a while to transition back. Yes. That one thing will, will change dramatically. Um, well, thank you for being so honest and open with us about that. I know that a lot of people suffer from, in fact, I had body dysmorphic when I was younger. Um, there's still some things that come up that my husband, you know, it becomes a, an issue for us because he doesn't quite Mm -hmm. understand how to, um, what's the word manage my emotions and things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so being more in tune and having that awareness from his perspective of like, don't worry, this has nothing to do with you. This is just me. And I just need to regulate this right now and whatever. But again, I've been dealing with this 
for a long time and I help other people through their process because that's actually through my divorce and the eating issues or more so the body issues is how I got into life coaching initially way back when in 2009, because like you, I felt like I remember going to a therapist and telling her that I felt like I was fat or something. And she, I remember thinking like, she has no idea what I even mean, you know, like mm-hmm. she can sit there and be like, no, 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 you're fine. But like, it's not that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean? it's so much more than, than that. And saying that you're fine. Cause logically, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. I know how much I weigh, I know what size I am. So logically I know that, but in my brain it's different. Right. So I think people, when they get pregnant and have to kind of come to terms with, it's about my child and what is going to be healthy for my child. And there's still slip ups that people have and that's okay. And that's normal. And I think having that conversation about eating disorders around pregnancy is also really important because some people actually don't get pregnant in fear that they won't be able to have a healthy pregnancy because they don't think they'll be able to get it under control. And I just want to say, find a coach or a therapist or somebody that you feel comfortable with that gets you and can support you through that, because it is possible to have a healthy baby and to thrive yourself. And oftentimes that will help you kind of get to the other side, even because like you said, it becomes bigger than you and it Mm -hmm. shifts your mindset in other ways and you will have slip-ups and it will still come up here and there. But the ultimate thing is you're just moving. You're becoming better and better each day. You may take three steps back, but you'll take five steps forward. And I think that that's really beautiful. So that's so touching. My heart is so swollen every time I'm on the phone with you, but I will say I'm living proof of someone that had has an eating disorder. I, I love to use had because I like to think I'm well and truly out of the thick of it now yeah. that I'm not inpatient and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but I was told a million times, you might not be able to have children because um, mm-hmm. I lost my period for very long periods of time, time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so they were really unsure about how successful that was going to be. And even then, like my partner and I have had unprotected sex before and, and, you know, nothing happened. So in my head, I was like, maybe I am, maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But magic happens every fucking day. It Mm -hmm. really is true. And, and that's what these babies are. They are magical. They are miracles. And it's so beautiful. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited. And tell us again, when your due date is. Oh my goodness, October 8th. So just around the corner. I'm so excited. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited too. I can't wait to see see pictures of that little guy. Oh my goodness. I'll send you all the pictures. I've already got my clients like you need to call us when you're in labor. I'm pushing it. You have to have like a group text of everybody. All the monitors up. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's so amazing. Well, let me know if there's any way that I can help support you. And thank you again for being here. I really appreciate your time. It was so fun to have a conversation with you again and let's catch up soon again. Likewise, a hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely having this chat and I'm sure I'll see you all soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the pretty little tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the pretty little tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. 
If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit elizabethking.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.